0: Welcome to New Community Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear today's message. We are encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share or a prayer request for our prayer team, please email us at connect at newcommunity.co. Now please prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning, New Community Church. If I've not had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Aaron, and I'm the lead pastor here at NCC. And thank you so much for being here with us this morning and worshiping together with us. This is the last week in this series called Tis the Season. And so we have spent the past few um, weeks just spending time together talking about how this is a season of joy. Um, spending time with families, being together with friends. This is the time of sharing and um, giving gifts to one another. This is a time of peace and of love and of hope in our life. And today we're going to finish this series talking about this idea of hope how Christ's coming, the birth of Christ, is a season of hope in our life, and what that means for us, and how we maintain that throughout the year. And so we want to talk about that this morning. And every single week we've started these series, if you've been here with us, by me asking you to take out a sheet of paper and write down some names of people that God has placed around you. And I hope that you did that, that you took those names and you were able to um, bless someone, give generously financially to someone who was going through a hard time. We talked about people that are alone, that are around you, and maybe they've lost someone this holiday season. Maybe they don't have family or friends near them. So hopefully before Christmas, you've spent some time with people just sharing the love of Christ. And we're going to start this message in the same way. I'm going to ask you to take the sermon notes out in front of you. So if you could reach in front of you, if you're taking notes on your smartphone, you can do that. You guys, I can see you, so at least fake it, okay, like you're doing it, okay? So um, go ahead and take those sermon notes out in front of you. And this is what I want you to do. We're talking about hope this morning. And we're about to enter into this new year, 2016. And I want you to just take a moment, pause right here in the message, and I want you to write down one thing that you're hoping God will do in this new year. Maybe in your relationship with God, it may be something you've been praying for and you want God to provide an answer or direction. It may be over a relationship. Something you want God to do, you're hoping that God will do in this next year, in 2016, as we approach this new year. So take a moment, write that down, what you're hoping that God will do as we enter into this new year. Now, as I was thinking about this message, this idea of hope in our life and just having finished celebrating the Christmas season and what that means, the hope of Christ as Jesus came into the world, as God gave himself to the world and drew near to us, I, I thought about how sometimes after the Christmas season, we lose a little bit of that. Maybe we lose hope in our life, um, Maybe we just get back to the normal things and and into the routine. And as I was thinking about this, I started to listen to a podcast. Um, I don't know, does anyone listen to Serial podcast? It was number one on iTunes. Okay, a few of you guys. I see a few hands back there, okay? And it's if you've not listened to it, Serial is this amazing podcast. It was number one on iTunes. And they tell um, the story from kind of a different perspective every week. It's the same story told week by week. And they've just released the second season. And the second season... Is interesting, it's, an about, um, it's about an American soldier who was captured by the Taliban and held as a prisoner of war for five years. And then he's returned and released to the American government and he's retelling his story of what it was like to spend these years with, uh, under the Taliban as um, a, a prisoner of war, as a captive, and what that was like for him. And as I'm hearing him tell the story of those first few months um, of trying to escape, I thought of this idea of hope what it would be like to be in that circumstance and not know if you were even going to survive, if you were even going to make it, if you were going to make it out alive, and how, how would you keep hope alive in that situation? How would you keep hope present in your life in those kind of extreme circumstances? And then I thought about our life. You know, we're not in any kind of dire straits like that. We're not in some difficult circumstance like that, but how do we keep hope alive inside of our life? How do we keep that idea that Christ coming, that God sending his son makes a difference and makes a change inside of our life. How do you keep whatever it is that you wrote down, the, whatever the goal is, whatever you're hoping for, what, whatever direction you want in this next year, how do you keep that present in your life beyond just the first few weeks of 2016? And so I want us to look at scripture and I want us to look at this idea of what we need for hope to be present inside of our life. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 2. We're going to start reading at verse 25. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. There should be a Bible in the seat in front of you, and you can reach down and take that Bible. And in that Bible, it's on page 556. And if you don't own the Word of God, if you don't have a copy of the Word of God um, in your home, please take that home with you. We believe that God's Word brings hope into our life. We believe that it brings change and transformation. And so we want to give that to you as our gift um, so that you can continue to read God's Word throughout the week. And so in Luke chapter 2, this is what's taking place. This is a part of the Christmas story that no one ever reads about. Okay, you don't ever see this on the nativity scene. This isn't in Christmas cards. But there are two people that are a part of the Christmas story that oftentimes we forget. And it's a number of days after Christmas is already done, after Jesus has been born. Okay, everyone just like us, they've returned their Christmas sweaters that their aunt gave them that no one's going to wear. okay. They've taken back that gift to the department store that they're never going to use. And everyone goes back to their routine. They go back to normal life. The shepherds go back to their flocks. The angels are no longer singing. But we see the story of two people who are still a part of this story of the birth of Christ. And we see this picture of hope in their life. So in Luke chapter 2, verse 25, this is what it says. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout. Waiting for the consolation of Israel. So he's waiting for God's salvation for his nation. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents, Mary and Joseph, brought the child Jesus in to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God saying, Lord, Now let your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all the people a light of revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. So what's taking place in this story? We're told about this man named Simeon, and we're not told a lot about him. Matter of fact, there's just a few sentences in the Bible, but... For whatever reason, the gospel writers felt this was important to include this in the story of the birth of Christ. Right after the story of the shepherds and Christ being born, he tells us the story about this man named Simeon. And what we're told is that Simeon has been living his life. He's been living with this one focus, with this one hope, with this one desire, and with this one goal. That his eyes would get to see the Messiah. That he would not die, that he would not pass on before he had seen God's salvation In his life. And I started to think about that. Out of all of the things that the gospel writers choose to tell us. They choose to give us this picture of hope in Simeon's life. See, Simeon knows exactly what it is that he's hoping for. He knows what's on his bucket list. And that's the number one thing the gospel writers tell us about him. That he does not want to die. His focus every single day. Waking up, knowing what he's living for. It's God. Today may be the day when I see the salvation of Israel. God, today may be the day that my hope is realized, Lord, that what I've been longing for, that I actually get to see that, Lord, your salvation present in front of me. And we see that in Simeon's life. He's got this direction. He's got this focus. And I started to think about your life and my life. Do you know what it is that you're hoping for? Like we see brokenness in our world around us. We see broken relationships, but have you actually formulated the words of what it is that you're wanting God to do in your life? Do you know the change that you're wanting to see? Do you know the difference that you're wanting God to make inside of your life? Have you actually took the time to kind of articulate those words, to write those down? Do you know what it is that you're hoping for God to do? See, Simeon had a clear direction and a clear plan of what he knew that he wanted God to do inside of his life. In Christmas time, it's a powerful image of this. We see the hope of Christ coming, and this idea that God being here present on this earth makes all the difference in our life. We see another picture of this at Christmas time um, with little boys and little girls, okay? They know exactly what they want for Christmas. They know what they're hoping for, don't they? They write letters to Santa. They give you hints as parents and grandparents, okay? You'll be at the store. They'll just come right out and say, it, hey, mom or dad, that's what I want for Christmas. That's exactly what I want. Please get it for me, please. So they know exactly what it is that they're hoping for. It's an amazing picture of that. And I'm going to need, um, we have the kids in here with us this morning. So I'm going to need a young boy and a young girl to help me out. Who's willing to do that? Okay, um, right there, Carter, you can go ahead and come up. in one girl. A girl right there, okay, yep, go ahead and come up, make your way to the stage right here. Everyone give them a big <laughs> hand, go ahead and come up right here up on stage, okay. Okay, and I'm going to bring you over here, Carter, so everyone can see you, okay, so you're not hiding behind that. And can you, as loud as you can, can you tell everyone, what were you wanting for Christmas? Was there one thing that you wanted? Nope. You're yeah. A DS? Okay. A DS. And and what was it that you wanted for Christmas? A puppy. A puppy. Okay. Did you get a puppy for Christmas? You are getting a puppy. That's amazing. Okay. So imagine you're waking up on Christmas morning. Hold on. Let me come over here because I have a few gifts that were left under the tree, right? And so you're hoping for a DS. You're hoping for a puppy. Please don't let your parents wrap up a puppy, okay? I don't know what will happen if that happens. Okay. So you get up on Christmas morning and you're so excited and, and you go to the Christmas tree, you pick out your gift, and go ahead, just start unwrapping those for us, okay? And you know what you're wanting, you know what it is that you're hoping for, you guys just tear into it, okay? Just rip it right open, right? And so you open it up and you pull out that, new yeah, new socks, okay? And bell peppers, right? <laughs> Isn't that Amazing. Okay, you have a lot better attitude than I do because I would be like, seriously, that's what I got? Okay, so kids know what they're hoping for. Um, these guys have high aspirations, okay? Um, when I was little, all I wanted was a toy. And for helping me out, I do have two more gifts for you guys that you can open. They're not a DS or a puppy, but hopefully they're something a little bit better than what you originally got. So rip those open for us. Just tear it open. It's talking to you. It's like, let me out. Okay? You got a lightsaber and Olaf right here. Give them a big hand. Okay, you guys can head back to your seat. Thank you so much. Can we keep this? You can keep that. You want those veggies? Okay. Do you want the socks? You can keep the socks. Thank you. Okay, give them one more big hand as they make their way back. Yes, that's yours. Thank you, Carter. So most kids don't want vegetables, okay, Christmas morning, let me just tell you that in case you messed that up as a parent, but kids know what they're hoping for, they want the new toy, they want whatever has kind of been big this year, whatever that is, they know exactly, and they know how to vocalize that, they know how to say that, but many times in our life as adults, as we move on from that childhood stage, we lose real focus of what it is that we're hoping for, we don't verbalize that, we don't. We don't tell other people that. Maybe we think about it sometimes in our head, but we've not really taken the time to say, God, this is what I'm hoping that you would do in my life. God, this is what I'm hoping that would take place. But as you look at Simeon's life, he knew exactly why he was living every single day. When he woke up in the morning, he knew, God, this could be the day. He was living every day on purpose, longing for that hope to be fulfilled inside of his life. And church, my question is, is that how you're living Do you know what it is that you want God to do in that relationship? Do you know what it is that you want God to do in answering that prayer? Do you know what it is that you want God to do in the area of your finances or your work or your family? Have you spent time talking to God saying, God, this is my hope. This is my focus, Lord. This is what I'm desiring. And are you living every day with that same purpose, with that same intentionality that Simeon was living every single day for God? This is what I'm hoping for. Lord, I want to see your salvation in the people around me. God, I want to see your salvation in this nation, God. And every day he spent with that kind of intensity, living every single day on purpose. So how do you do that? How do you capture that kind of hope? How do you keep it in front of you so it doesn't just fade away after a week, after Christmas or any of those things? How do you keep hope alive and present in front of you all throughout the year? It starts with one simple act. If you're taking notes, write down this simple step right here. Write down what it is that you're hoping for. That's it. Write down what it is that you're hoping for. Do you know that 90% of Americans, that they'll make some kind of New Year's resolution, they'll think about it in their head, and they will never take the time to write it down. And because of that, many of them, after a few weeks, the gyms will be empty, right? Right? You'll be eating the same thing that you ate all of 2015 and you'll be doing exactly the same thing that you did all of this year and nothing will have changed. But when you take the time to write down what it is that you're hoping for, the change that you wanna see in your life, when you take the time to actually stop and form the words of the difference that you want to see in your family, the difference that you wanna see in your relationship with God, when you take the time to stop and pin those words and actually write down and think about, God, what's the difference that I want to see around me? God, what is it that I'm hoping for? That simple act right there keeps that goal in front of you. It keeps that hope alive. It keeps you accountable because you've written it down. It keeps that focus there in your life. See, church, we have to be like Simeon, who even after Christmas, he's still looking for what he's desiring from God. And church, Christmas cannot be a one-day thing and A few weeks leading up to that, we have to live with the knowledge that God has come, that his salvation is present here on this earth, and that that makes all the difference in the world, in our life, in the life of people around us, that that should bring change. That's what Simeon knew. God, if I can see your salvation, it's going to make a difference in the world around me. And church, my question is, do you know the hope that you're looking for this morning? Do you know the difference that you want God to make in your life? And are you living with that focus every single day that God would bring about that change? The second part of this story I just want to read real quickly is about Anna. And it's this other lady who was there in the temple, and it says this, Anna was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. And she was advanced in years, having lived with her husband for seven years, um, up until the time when she was a virgin and then a widow until she was 84. And she did not depart from the temple worshiping, fasting, praying night and day. And coming at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of Him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And I look at Anna's life and I think about hope. And the one thing I think about in her life is she didn't give up, she didn't stop. Eighty four years, she's been praying and she's been seeking God's salvation. She's been in the temple worshiping and fasting and praying and looking for God's salvation for the people around her, for the people that God had placed close to her. And as we think about hope, as we think about change, as we think about transformation entering into this new year, that's my question is, church, are you willing to be that persistent? See, when it comes to hope, you have to know I can't give up. I can't stop early. She goes on for decades. Most of us, as we get older, we think about retirement. As I mentioned, most of us don't last a few weeks beyond the new year as it comes to our goal, and Anna's praying for decades. God, let me see your salvation. God, send your salvation to Israel. God, send your Messiah to your people. And so year after year, she's waiting. Year after year, she's praying. She's seeking for God's salvation to come. And my question is, as we enter into this new year, As you're looking for God to do something in your life, in the life of your family, in the life of your friends, wherever he's placed you, the prayer that you've been praying, are you willing to be that persistent and to not give up when it comes to hope and what you're longing for God to do in your life? Because this could be that year. See, this was a day like any other day and Anna wakes up and she's still looking. She's not giving up. At some point, she could have said, God, I'm done. I've been praying this same prayer now for over 80 years. God, I've been crying out now all of this time. God, for this long amount of time, God, and I've not seen it come to pass. But she chooses to be persistent and God shows up. She gets to experience the salvation of God. And church, what if this is your year? What if this is the year that you've been praying for that family member, that you've been praying for God to move in that situation, that you've been praying for healing in your body? And what if this is the year that you don't give up hope, that you don't stop praying, but you keep on being persistent, you keep on going, whatever it is that God has placed in your heart, you keep on going after that, just like Anna did. And you see the salvation of God in your life. You see the salvation of God. In family members, you see the salvation of God in your workplace and in other areas that you have been persistent. See, I think so many times we don't see what we're hoping for because we give up a moment too early. We throw in the towel just a moment too soon, right when it's almost time, right when God is about to show up. We choose to give up and we don't become persistent in our life. So I want to challenge you. Are you willing to pray longer this year? Are you really willing to spend time with God on your face in front of God saying, God, I'm not going to give up, Lord, but I'm going to keep on asking, Lord. I'm going to keep on seeking after you for what it is that I'm hoping for. Are you willing to read his word, read his promises, see what the word of God says and keep that in front of your life? Keep it present inside of your life for what it is that you're longing for. When I was thinking about this, I thought about being back in high school. And I've mentioned before that I ran cross-country. And I had an amazing coach. Coach Soriano was a great coach because he didn't just sit at the finish line and yell for you. He was running constantly all over the track. So you're back. I mean, we're running through hills. We're running through the forest, all of this. It's like to grandmother's house we go, okay? Like we're all over the place in cross-country meets. And I always knew at some point I was gonna see my coach a number of times. And when I saw him, he was going to be cheering me on. He was going to be encouraging me. And Coach Seriano's thing almost every single time was, Aaron, just get two more. Just take two more runners. They're right around the corner. And sometimes he'd be running with me. And I'd say, Coach, I haven't seen anyone, it seems like, in five or ten minutes. And he'd say, Aaron, don't give up. They're right in front of you. They're just 50 yards ahead of you. Aaron, I need two more runners. And I trusted him. I always trusted him. And I would once again just try to muster everything that I had inside of me and try to continue to run faster, continue to try to run longer just to get two more people for coach so that we could win the meet, we could win the cross-country meet. And I picture God like that in our life, that he's present there in our everyday situation. And if we're willing to not give up, if we're willing to not throw in the towel, if we're willing to hold on to hope and realize what it can mean, not only in our lives, not only in your marriage, not only in your finances, not only in your workplace, but if you realize what true hope can mean for other people around you. God is like that coach in your life saying, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. This could be your year. This could be that record breaking year for you. This could be that breakthrough moment in your life for what you've been praying for, for what you've been longing for, that it could come to pass, that I am going to show you my salvation and my redemption if you'll just keep pressing in. Church, I want to pray for us this morning. I'm going to ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. And just take a moment, think about whatever it is that you wrote down. Think about what it is that you're hoping for in this next year what is it that you want to see god do inside of your life see i don't know what that is specifically for you i don't know what that is in your circumstance or in your situation but i know this if you'll keep on pressing on you're gonna see the salvation of god You're going to see God come through in ways that you never expected, in ways that you didn't even imagine God is going to show up in this next year. If you'll remember that this is a season of hope and that Christ's coming, the birth of our Savior, makes all the difference in the world, in our life. And for those around us, church, don't give up. Keep on praying. Keep on pressing on. And I'm just going to close this here by Praying over us as a church and praying that this next year, whatever it is that you wrote down, whatever it is that you're thinking about, that God would show up in supernatural ways. In ways that we can't imagine for what we're asking him to do. And churches, I'm praying, I want to encourage you right where you're at, begin to just pray. Just begin to talk to God about what it is that you want to see him do. And how to keep his hope alive in your heart. As we move into this next year, let's pray together. God, I'm looking over the church in this room, Lord. I'm looking over this congregation, God, people that are here, Lord. In each of us, we have different hopes in our life, Lord. God, we have different things that we want to see you do, God, different ways that we need you to show up, God. And my prayer is that we would not throw in the towel, God, that we would not quit early. But, Lord, like Simeon, like Anna, Lord, we would press on, God. We would be persistent, God. We would keep on crying out and calling out to you, Lord, believing that you will show up, God, believing that your salvation, God, believing that your presence in our life will make all the difference in the world, God. And I'm asking for that as we move into 2016. God, let this be a breakthrough year in our life. Lord, for people, God, that have been struggling with addictions, God, for people that have been struggling in their marriage, in their family, God, broken relationships at work, Lord, whatever it is, God, let this be the year, God, that you break through in their life, Lord, as they're persistent, as they call out, God, as they cry out, Lord, make all the difference in the world, Lord, let your hope. God, let the truth of Christmas, God, your salvation make all the difference in our life. And we pray this in your name. Amen.